welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to an episode of the Ballhawks podcast here on Sunday. I don't even know what date it is. Uh, March 27th. I should probably know that. It's my wife's birthday tomorrow. Um, I have not forgotten. I still have a few hours to make sure I remember. Tell um, me you haven't worked in a week and a half without telling me you haven't worked in a week and a half. Right. <laughs> And uh, just like the Oscars tonight, we are here to slap some football into you tonight. I'm sure most of you are watching us over the Oscars. All the crazy fun stuff has already happened. So you might as well come join us here, uh, have some football talk. We're going to have a mailbag segment. So if if you want to get some weird, wild questions, we tried uh, enticing you on Twitter there. Um, And I am joined here by... My co-host, even though he's wearing swag from a different podcast, it's okay because they're really <laughs> awesome people. Uh, Chris, what's happening today, man? Hey, man, what's going on? Um, just my my mind is racing, obviously, from the, uh, you know, I guess, elephant in <laughs> every single room and every single uh, Twitter feed and Facebook stream and everything else. Um, what did we just witness (laughs) at the Oscars? (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I never watched the Oscars, but I'll tell you what, I I was tuned in for a good half hour there being like, please let Will Smith win best actor. Uh, I've always tuned in because I've always been a bit of a, uh, um, I, I was a drama kid in in high school so i've always kind of tuned into the oscars and and you know try to watch the films and and yada yada and um i've never seen anything like that before like it's so for anyone that is living under a rock uh <laughs> will smith um just smacked um chris rock's words not mine just smacked the shit out of chris rock <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> Um, uh, cover four with the guys are saying, Hope you got the right gift. Happy early birthday to her. So, thanks, you got to listen to something nice. See, um, that's that's an appropriate comment to make about somebody's wife, right? Like, yeah, you know, I, I appreciate that, you know. So, uh, <laughs> I don't even know like, what to say about it. Like, I, I mean, in a group conversation okay, earlier, um, I'll start. Okay, Will you Smith go ahead. Did the, Will Smith did the right thing, yeah. You stand up. For, you you stand up for your family. You stand up for your wife. You stand up for your kids. You stand up for your parent. Like I, I've said it uh, in in private. Um, I, I just said it on on Twitter as well. Say whatever the hell you want to say about me. I've got thick skin. I've played competitive sports my entire life. I've heard it all. Um, so say whatever you want about me because I can take it. Um, don't talk about my wife or my kids. And like Will Smith said, keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth. It, 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 it's plain and simple. And, and I'm sorry, but like, actually, I'm not sorry, but, um, you know, people are saying, oh, like, you know, teaching your kids to to hit people rather than using your words and, and what have you. But in that moment, in the heat of the moment, Will Smith saw red. His wife was offended. Uh, Chris Rock just made a joke at his wife's ex- expense saying she's going to be in G.I. Jane. Which for anybody that doesn't know, Jada Pinkett Smith has alopecia. She's not rocking the the bald bald head look out of choice. She's rocking that look because she she lost her hair. Um, You don't... Yeah, it just... It it, it crossed the line. Will saw red and he did what he felt was the right thing in that moment. And 
I I'd say all the credit to Will. Yeah, like obviously, I uh, I think the big difference in those things is neither one of us condones using physical violence to solve problems. Like I I, I just don't. I think adults use their words to solve problems. I I fully understand that. But you and I have argued this before about 100%. fighting in hockey. Hundred percent. Right? Gotten into this argument. Yeah, and I I do think adults should use their words to uh to to solve disputes and whatever but like you said it's a heat of the moment thing where uh you know it's more than just uh, a joke at somebody's expense it's more than just a comedian making a tasteless joke like it's a really tasteless joke and um although i don't condone violence uh i, I completely understand where he's coming from and i I don't know how I would react in that situation uh, if my wife was, you know, having a hard time with a medical condition and somebody made a dig at them. And I, I just don't know how I'd act, but I don't necessarily think it would be my finest moment on earth, if that's the most political way I can say that. Um, so although I disagree with, you know, violence, uh, I understand where he's coming from and the the kind of interesting thing too everyone's talking about how chris rock took it like a champ right which he did like he didn't even kind of really miss a beat other than like a little bit of awkward <laughs> silence i think he the, realized i messed up and i just took one on the chin mm. because I, I mean he's also a lot smaller than will smith and he would I, <laughs> probably would I don't got think killed. He, i don't think he realized it because in the uncensored video that is now you know starting to circulate online Will says, keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth. And Chris Rock fires back, dude, it was a G.I. Jane joke. And that's when Will fires back again more angrily. Yeah. Like, keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth. And that's when Chris Rock kind of like, I think maybe the, the seriousness of it maybe hit him. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, maybe I did make a mistake or or what have you. I mean, obviously yeah, these guys are going to hash it out backstage and, and, you know, um, you know, Puff Daddy or Sean Combs, P Diddy, whatever you want to call them said, like, we're, we're going to, you know, work this out like family, um, you know, at the after party, which yeah. they will. Yeah. Um, but Chris, you know, they're both going to apologize because yes, they were both wrong. Like, yeah. Will hitting Chris was wrong. Chris making the joke was wrong. Um, but in, in that moment, what husband wouldn't do the same thing for standing up for his wife? Right. Um, yeah, in, in happier news, um, we have a little bit of pride, uh, on this side of the border, uh, for the first time in 36 years. Let's go! <laughs> Canada soccer, going to the world, Canada men's soccer, sorry, I, I should add going to the world cup for the first time in both mine and Steve's lifetime. Um, which I mean, I, I like, I just fall under that category by a hair. Uh, they, the, the world cup in 1986 ended at the end of June and I was born at the end of August. So I, I missed Canada playing in the world cup by two months of my lifetime. Not that I would have remembered it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Bobbleheading, but uh, yeah, Canada clinched uh, clinched their spot to Qatar uh, twenty twenty two, making the World Cup for the first time in thirty six years. Which 
I was talking to my dad about it. My dad said, he's like, I'm pretty sure this is only the second time in my lifetime that they've made it, which is super, super cool. I'm, I'm not a huge soccer guy, but watching that match today against Jamaica and when the match ended and just seeing all the, all of the players' reactions and all the Canadian flags uh, finally being used for a good cause and not some, <laughs> you know, BS freedom convoy. Um it brought tears to my eyes, like just watching these guys and, and everything that they've worked for and, and all the years that they've put in to, to get to that point to essentially make Canadian history is, is just, um, it's, it's awesome. I, I, I love to see it. I can't wait to watch the world cup. Um, John Herdman, the coach of the Canadian men's team is now the first coach in fifa history to coach a men's national team and a women's national team to the world cup which is another you know kind of fun fact interesting you i know i know how much you love those like fun fact records that i do love fun facts (laughs) (laughs) but no i'm really super excited like my my daughter is um like soccer is her game that, like she's obsessed with soccer uh she ever since watching the the women's team win the gold medal at the olympics last summer um like my seven-year-old daughter's like i'm gonna play in the olympics i'm gonna play for team canada so like th- that part of it too is just really really cool for me that like you know we now get to watch the world cup which is my daughter's favorite sport and she gets to watch her country the country that she was born in um compete for i mean the the first time really yeah it's so exciting because like these these young kids actually get to see people that grew up where they grew up and and they can say to themselves this could happen for me you know like um you and i are big hockey fans as well and and canada kind of you know is, is one of the top powerhouses of that and then you see a country you know that isn't you know traditionally there i remember you know years ago when germany was just kind of cracking Olympic rosters and world junior championships and, and what it meant to them, even though they, they would go there and just get blown out. It's the fact that they're there with the best of the best and other German kids can now see like we could do that as well. And you know, it, it, it's across all sports, right? Those are just two examples, but it goes for any sport where, you know, maybe a country doesn't necessarily represent that sport well, and then they get to uh, kind of, the the young kids get to see somebody that looks like them i I know like we're a football podcast we have few canadians that are in the nfl but you know when they're in the nfl it's kind of cool to to see that and say oh that guy grew up where you grew up he went to the school that you are attending right now so that if you want it that bad um you know go for it fun fact I have one of the guys, one of those guys that went to my high school. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the people in Philadelphia won't like hearing this name, but Danny Watkins went to my high school. I, I did know that. Yeah. Yeah. So you he could was, have been in the NFL, Chris. I, I could have been if I was born with um, the size that Danny was blessed with. <laughs> or you could just kick without throwing your hip out. Um, also can't do that. No, nope. <laughs> although, you know, maybe it's different kicking a football versus a soccer ball, mm. football versus football. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say it's, you know what? Just go try it tonight. Try it tonight. And um, let me know. 
Okay. Yeah. And when I go to physio next week and I'm like, oh, doc, my, my hip, it's bad. You go, what'd you, what'd you do? I go, my buddy dared me to kick a football. It was on the podcast. Okay. Last time he dared me to do something, I ran a 40 yard dash. Like, no. give me a break. I double dog dare you. <laughs> what are you, Ooh. chicken? <laughs> <laughs> no one calls me chicken, McFly. No one. <laughs> Great. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did we just make history? Did Steve just quote his first movie of all time? Man, I quote tweeted your top four movie thing <laughs> on Twitter today. I, I thought that would have gotten my first shout out. But um, yeah, look at me movie. I, I was busy. Okay. Speaking of 40 year dash, I, I guess I'm not really going to get a chance to beat Rich this year, am I? Uh, I mean... Not anytime soon. I mean, we could really delay it, but in in terms of doing another annual one with the boys, um, there probably won't be a, a rematch of of the drills you and Ryan did. Um, I mean, to to be fair, we probably shouldn't run it on Mother's Day weekend this year. <laughs> um, here's my third fun fact of the uh, of the podcast already. We're 13 minutes into this thing. I'm I'm just full of fun facts. Fun facting. Um, Mother's Day is actually the same day as my wife's birthday this year. So yeah, we're Ooh. not running it on, on Mother's Day nope. weekend this year. <laughs> no, that's uh... I, I, I got away with it last year. I, I don't foresee me getting away with it on the uh, double whammy year. You might hurt your other hip if you decide to do that. I might hurt something that yeah. is in between the hips. <laughs> My other leg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking off air. It's not another leg. <laughs> it's not another leg. You read between the lines or read between the legs for that. <laughs> read, read between the hips. <laughs> um, so we are a football podcast, believe it or not. Um, but before football, we are stupid idiots who just like talking stupid idiot things. So, hey, speak um, for yourself, stupid idiot. Well, you are. You uh, just made the list. <laughs> I, I was talking about you, but I just included myself so you'd feel good. Mm. Great. Great. That's what great friends do. Like, if it feels good, do it, even <laughs> if you shouldn't. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's this thing called free agency happening in the NFL right now, Chris. And um, this is... It's I anything think, but free. It's definitely anything but free. There's a lot of money getting thrown around. I think last year we talked about um, how it was the first offseason that big name quarterbacks had a legitimate chance to move around. And in the NFL, you just never really see that, right? Like um, you see veteran quarterbacks at the end of their career try to go elsewhere to win Super Bowls, you know, a, a Brett Favre or, or, or whatever, you know. Tom Brady. Tom Brady's a great example of that. He, I, I really think he kickstarted this whole thing. But in the NFL, Actually, you don't really see a lot of this stuff. And last year, I thought was one of the wildest off seasons we've ever had in the NFL. And 2022 comes along and is like, "Hold my beer, 21. I got some things to show you. I have never seen marquee players getting moved around like they have in the last what two weeks." Um, yeah. Like our, our last episode start? was the, the, oh, Russell Wilson got traded. And like, holy crap, a lot has happened since then. Like that's that's the one full episode we could talk just about Russell Wilson. There is about eight of these big marquee things that happened. Yeah. Um, last year, it was like 
well, Russell Wilson might get traded and Aaron Rodgers might get traded and then nothing happened. And then this year they're like, you guys thought you were missing out last year. Well, guess what? Yeah. We got <laughs> trades for you. Well, let's start with some of the lower, uh, I guess, less marquee moves. We'll kind of go over those in briefing. Matt Ryan goes to the Indianapolis Colts. While Carson Wentz was there, he went to the Washington Commanders. Wow, that's the first time I've said that on air. I'm, I'm actually kind of proud of myself right now that I that I that I hit that one. I I, I thought I would have messed that one up. Um, and Marcus, natural too. You must have written it down. I don't have it written down. That, that's why I'm I'm like genuinely surprised here. Don't mess it up. Don't it's not it staged. Uh, and then Marcus Mariota going to the Falcons. Out of the three of those kind of like lower tier moves, which one has the most impact for you? Or are they all like very bland? I mean, they're all super, super bland, but I guess I'm going to say Matt Ryan to the Colts. I think so. Just because they have a team around him, right? Yeah. I mean, Carson Wentz is absolute dog poo. Um, Marcus Mariota, he might be exciting in Atlanta. Re, re, um, I don't know reconnecting reconnecting there we go there you go words are, words, are, words are hard tonight Re- reconnecting with uh arthur smith from his titans days um so maybe there's gonna be a little bit there but i mean i don't know who's gonna who he's gonna throw the ball to kyle pitts kyle pitts and kyle pitts yeah. there um i mean it, it's surprising the falcons haven't been involved in like a jarvis landry or something right or, Odell Beckham Jr. Or, I mean, even some of the other guys that were already signed, like an Allen Robinson, Christian Kirk, like just something. Cause yeah. it's, not, it's not like the Calvary. Well, I mean, I know why like, they didn't go for Christian Kirk, man. That dude got paid well, way too much money. Like yeah. good for him. Uh, players getting your money. Yeah. Good for you. But man, they overpaid for that. Yeah. Yeah. Christian Kirk got his contract out for from the Jaguars. He's like, where do I sign? Yeah. <laughs> I don't care who you are. Like that's too yeah. much money to pass up. Not even asking my agent. Let's sign on the dotted yeah. line. Let's yeah, go. his agent didn't even ask him. Man, did that ever screw the entire wide receiver market, though? Yes, it did. That- Given a guy who's never had a thousand yards receiving that type of money, it's just absurd. But yeah, I, I think Matt Ryan, um, with that offensive line, with I mean, they have a lot of talent in in Indy. Um, I think is Ty Hilton still there? I don't know, but he's I got a strong he run is, yeah. game in, in uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Um, they've got Michael Pittman there. Um, I just feel like, just I mean, they... Moali yeah. Cox to, to play tight end. I just, I, I think he's going into a better situation. And a lot of people are like clamoring for uh, the Colts now to sign Julio. Yeah. I mean, the Colts, uh, they need to do something about their left tackle because Anthony Costanzo, uh, I I believe he retired. Uh, So as of right now, I don't know if they even have like a starting caliber left tackle, which is probably not the best thing when you're thinking about a non-mobile, older kind of quarterback. But this move kind of just reminds me of when Matt Ryan was in his youth, minus like the Roddy White, Julio Jones kind of connection. He had so much help. Yeah, yeah, mine, just on the wide receivers, like at tight end, like Tony Gonzalez was at the end of his career. He was still very capable, but we know Matt Ryan likes throwing to tight ends. Colts have good tight ends that, you know, 
can, you know, make separation, beat linebackers, beat safeties. I'm sure that's where they're going to go with it. Um, he also had a, a strong running guy in uh, Michael Turner way back Burner. when, Burner Turner. And, you know, like you said, JTT is probably the best running back maybe in football right now in terms of dual threat running back. Absolutely. Um, so it, it's and a good situation for age him. And, and wear and tear. Like J- JTT is for sure the best running back in football right now. And yeah. entering the, the prime of his career, right? Totally. So a strong offensive line, strong running game, uh, good safety blankets. Don't sleep on Michael Pittman either. I think he is uber talented uh, and you just might see them go wide receiver first round and, you know, have that extra weapon for him. And, th- and that could be a real contender. Um, now, obviously, the big one that happened in the last little bit, um, the Houston Texans trading Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns uh, for a whole haul of picks. Good for them for recouping stuff for him. Um, before we get into Deshaun Watson, uh, what do you think happens to Baker Mayfield? Does he stay or does he go? <laughs> the, the Browns should have painted themselves into a corner here. Oh, for sure. Like, because not only did they trade for Deshaun Watson, but then they went and signed Jacoby Brissett. So it's like, okay, we've got Deshaun, we've got Brissett. Oh, I, I didn't got, see that. Yeah, they sent Brissett to, to be the backup there. <laughs> um, so, so now they have Baker, this third quarterback who has an $18 million uh, cap hit this year because uh, it's his fifth-year option. Yeah. And they're like, well, what do we do now? Like, you guys should have moved him before you yep. acquired Deshaun. Like, you should have Because now you have no leverage with teams. Thing. You zero have leverage. zero leverage with teams. Like, other teams are going to look at you. Even if you're, like, quarterback needy. Even if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're never going to trade him to the Steelers. But even if you're the Steelers, you are not looking at the Browns and saying, like, you know, we're going to give you a haul for Baker. No. You're probably going to so- cut him before, like, we're going to give you more than, I don't know, a fourth-round pick third round pick for him maybe especially after that astronomical fully guaranteed Deshaun Watson contract yeah. which is a disgusting contract that first year just grosses me out but anyways that's a uh, side note um why would anybody offer to help out the Cleveland Browns oh hey we're gonna give you a, a second round pick for Baker Mayfield no I wouldn't even give a seventh round pick for Baker Mayfield right now wait for the Browns to cut him because you know it's gonna happen just like it does with every other player um, I mean, the, although, the difference with that is you get control. Now, I don't know if he has, he couldn't have a no movement clause or a no trade team. He's still on his, he's still on his rookie right, deal. Right, because it would be his rookie deal. So he wouldn't have control over where he went. So the only leverage the Browns really have is the fact that you're going to go to certain teams. Um, I mean, you're going to have to find the suitors because... Guess what? Well, I mean, you're never you're never going to trade him in the AFC, so you're okay with that. But the AFC is loaded with quarterbacks right now. Um, where do you go? New York? Well, they're probably going to ride out Danny Dimes. Washington yep. just went and got a guy that they're comfortable or th- they want to at least give a chance to. Um, yep. Philly's not dropping um, Hurts anytime soon. Uh, going down the list, Detroit, they're not getting rid of... Uh, they, they have enough money tied up in Jared Goff already. In Goff, yeah. Um, the Saints just grabbed Winston, which yep. they were comfortable with him last year, so why wouldn't they be comfortable with him this year? Atlanta maybe picked the, up their guy. Maybe the Titans could tra- could make a move for him. No, man. They're they're not going to 
oh, hold on to Tannehill and Mayfield, and the Browns would have to trade him within the conference, which I don't see. Off chance Carolina moves on from Sam Darnold, like but a again, very they, a very little off picked, chance. But that Carolina's in the in the same position that Cleveland's in because Carolina's already picked up his fifth year option. Right. So they've already got that money tied in. I, I'm just thinking like they're up, right? they're not uh they're not a huge contender right now. So maybe you just evaluate two quarter two young quarterbacks to see what you have. Um, the only other one I can actually think of is the Seahawks. Which yeah. I, I don't know enough about what their plans are, obviously, but like normally when you say, hey, there's a starting quarterback, a first overall pick of just four years ago, you'd have teams lined up for you. But now no. everybody has kind of done the QB carousel. They've picked up a guy that they wanted um, and they're either set or it sounds like they're giving a guy a chance. Like maybe Atlanta picks him up as well, but if he goes there, Mariota's not the starter, right? Like that's yeah. the problem with it is you've picked up somebody else where the the guy that's coming in has to be the starter. Baker Mayfield is not going to do a Gardner Minshew and like play behind anyone. There's just no chance he does that. So like, I, I just have no clue where he's going to go. And the other thing that the Browns did that really painted themselves into that corner is the, we want an adult at quarterback yeah. quote. Way to slander like, your and, asset. Like, yeah. So like, You've done nothing to build up this asset. You've done nothing to like increase value in this asset that you have. Who's who wants Baker Mayfield right now when he's owed eighteen million dollars? He's apparently not an adult. Um, yeah, I, I agree with uh, with the cover four with the guys. Browns are going to have to release him, and he's yeah. going to get a, going to get to pick where he goes. The Browns have, have no choice but to release him. Uh, well, I mean. I shouldn't say they have no choice because I mean, they are only paying Deshaun Watson a million dollars this year. <laughs> I, and I have seen reports that yeah. maybe the Browns just hold on to Baker Mayfield, knowing that Deshaun's going to get uh, suspended oh. and have Baker start. Oh, uh, please. Deshaun's suspended. Please, please, please. Can that be something that legitimately happens in the NFL where the Cleveland Browns, walk up to Baker Mayfield in his, you know, big alpha personality. And they say to him, Hey, we want you to play while you're, you know, the adult in the room is being suspended. Please right? let that be something that happens in the NFL. Yeah. I will please, lose my damn mind. Please be our lame duck quarterback. <laughs> um, as, as for the Seahawks, I'm not anti Baker. Um, I, I wouldn't hate seeing him in a Seahawks uniform. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm not anti-Drew Locke either. If the Seahawks want to roll with Drew Locke this year, sure, whatever. Right. I don't care. Um, but my biggest thing with, with Baker is I don't want to see Seattle trade for him. I don't want to see right. Seattle paying him $18 million this upcoming right. season. I don't want to see Seattle giving up draft capital to acquire him. You just want it to patient. just be like, hey, come play for us. Come play for yeah. the, you know, the the chance to be our starter maybe on a 10 million dollar deal or or an yep. eight one one year 10 million dollar deal let's see what we have in you how do you play with dk how do you play with locket um yep. how do you fit with a, a run heavy i mean we know he fits well with a run heavy approach obviously um i i think baker would be a great fit for seattle 
And like, I, I, I I've always said it, like, I, I don't think he's the most talented quarterback in the world. Um, that obviously got exposed pretty quickly, but I love his attitude. I love the oh. attitude that like, when you think about it, he didn't do anything wrong. Like he, he's been the guy that said, I want to bring Cleveland back to legitimacy. Like when he went there, there was not a lot to play with. He embraced um, Cleveland. Him and Jarvis Landry were the reasons why Cleveland has this attitude of like, we are in the NFL to stay and we are contenders because nobody's going to mess with us. Yep. Um, yeah. No, the, one I, last. I, oh, go ahead. I, I agree. I think he would be a good fit in Seattle. Um, I think he would, um, you know, do really well with DK Metcalf, um, Tyler Lockett. I mean, strong, strong run game. Um, I just don't want to see Seattle give up assets to acquire him. Fair. Be pay, play play the patient game, and if and when he gets released, if you want to make a play on him, sure. But I don't want to see them make a play on him before that happens. I, I did. You and I have have talked about this. Why tie up eighteen million in a quarterback when you just traded the guy yeah. um, that left a twenty six million dollar dead cap it right yeah that, that's a sense. lot to bring on right um so I, I don't know how much we should get into deshaun watson here because the biggest thing with deshaun watson is going to be like does he play or not does he play how many games does he play next year will be the big question leading up to what's his impact on this team going to be uh my biggest thing with the browns is when you think about we've all seen the the jersey of the browns where it's got however 20 30 quarterback names and mayfield's now on that list um trying to search for their guy is kind of the joke behind that one let's think about what they have invested in quarterback right now you gave up a first overall pick that you're essentially going to trade or let go of you gave up a three first round picks. So now we're looking at four first round picks are invested in Deshaun Watson, essentially a third and a fourth round pick. You have seven premium picks. One of the premium picks is the best pick you can get in all of drafting. And I'm including that because you spent an asset for Baker Mayfield when you could have had anybody else and moving that quickly on from a first overall pick uh, or even a second overall pick, like you know, when the when the Lions are getting rid of Jared Goff, who was a first overall pick, when the yep. Philadelphia Eagles are getting rid of Carson Wentz, who's a second overall pick, like you have to factor that into the cost of what you currently have at quarterback. And yeah, the Cleveland Browns have now spent four first round picks, a third and a fourth, for a guy who's still dealing with legal issues. And you guaranteed him, what was it, $230 million? Something, I don't, I don't something know the, outrageous like that, yeah. I, I don't know the trade or the, the contact, contract details off the top of my head, but you have spent a ton of assets looking for that guy. And normally I'm, I'm somebody who would say, like, if you don't have a quarterback, do anything you can to get your guy. Like, you need to get your guy to build around, and that can kind of change your franchise. But if you're paying Miles Garrett that much money, when you are paying um, Amari Cooper, what what is his, yeah. you know, cap? Was it twenty million dollars? I think so. Something like that. Uh, when you're paying David. Deshaun Watson, not this year, but you're going to be paying Deshaun Watson next yeah. year, and you're going to be paying other superstars on the team. Like 
you're going to be so top heavy in contracts that you are going to be begging for restructures. You are going to be, you know, cutting some of these high profile guys to to fit a Deshaun Watson in under the cap. Look at what just happened. We're going to get to it really shortly here, but look what just happened in Kansas City. They could not. I was listening to a couple podcasts that said they could not make Tyreek Hill's contract work. Tyreek Hill outside of Patrick Mahomes is that team. And we're going to find yep. out real damn quick whether it's Mahomes made Tyreek or did Tyreek make most of what Mahomes is. It's going to be really yep. interesting for that. The, they literally the, the, couldn't pay him because nobody else first, could restructure. The first year of the Mahomes monster contract. And he's not even making to, that much, is he? Uh, I think it's like 35 is his cap hit this year. Okay, and so that's not unreasonable. Like in terms crazy. of what quarterback, it, it, in terms, terms of franchise quarterback money, yeah, right. And they had to ship their cheetah out of town. <sighs> like, sorry, cheetah, we're sending you to the vet, and you're not coming home. And uh, I just want to say, like, a little side note with that. I there's going to be something unbearable that happens in the NFL this year. Juju is going to be at games with Jackson Mahomes making TikToks. No, and Jackson Mahomes got banned by his brother. Did he? Well, there's Did he? rumors of that. Yeah. Did he? They're going to be the best of friends that ever were doing their stupid little TikToks. And I hope Juju How, just however, gets laid out soon, for it. As soon as they signed Juju, Jackson Mahomes was like, we got to collab on TikTok. And it's just a barf. But play the game. Let your brother then, play the game. Then, did you see Juju already released his first Kansas City Chiefs TikTok in his New Jersey? The, the the funniest tweet I saw was the uh, it was like chief the the Chiefs traded um, Tyreek Hill they signed Juju Smith Schuster and Marquez Valdez Scantling <laughs> and the equipment equipment manager is standing there like <laughs> I don't know what to do there's so many the, letters going on here the, the equipment manager is not happy with yeah. Um, but. yeah, we, we don't have to get too much into Deshaun Watson. We got to do some wide receiver stuff here. Um, we still got our teams to talk about. So obviously Tyreek Hill is going to the Miami Dolphins. Um, that's so, just so interesting. Like that is such me, a prove it for Tua move. If I've ever yeah. seen one, I, I was just going to say for me, this is the Miami Dolphins sitting to uh down and saying put up or shut up yeah because it wasn't just tyreek no it wasn't just tyreek they went and got um teron armstead they got teron armstead in Which, terms of being one of their tackles and they also got uh why am i drawing a blank arizona's uh, they signed chase edmonds chase and edmonds. raheem mostert right so they they signed two guys who are or could be starting caliber running backs who are yeah just ridiculously fast catch out of the backfield like they're surrounding Tua with as many weapons as they can possibly fit under the cap and if he can't if he can't throw for like four thousand yards oh Cedric guys from cover four right. are on this and Seti Wilson um like, that offense is it's like Jalen Waddle Devontae Parker Parker, uh, Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson, Mike Gesicki, Raheem Mostert, Chase Evans. Like, and they're going to have a bit man. of an offensive like, line. Right? Hey, so do they move Teron Armstead, do you think, to right tackle because Tua's a lefty? Uh, 
That's an interesting one. I was, I'm just trying to think of who they have as their other tackle. Um, I think there's a whole thing about like, do you protect their blind side or do you just let, uh, the guy play in his natural position? Because guess what? You can line up a guy on the left side. You can line a guy up on the right side. You can have two guys out there. So I think in the old school kind of way of thinking of, uh, how do you protect your quarterback? Well, you have to have a franchise left tackle because uh, you got to protect their blind side. But that was when most teams had one huge edge rusher and you just tried to nullify them, right? Um, the O-line is still bad, though. I don't know if it... I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I'm, I'm, not, I'm thinking it's probably Marquise on the, the team's account there. Um, I don't think they're... Uh, their offensive line is as bad as maybe what everybody's suggesting they have. They have Robert Hunt, who is pretty damn athletic. Um, I, it is Marquis, hey man. Um, Robert Hunt is pretty athletic. If you were watching the Miami uh, Baltimore game last year, he's the offensive lineman that picked the ball up uh, and basically did like a backflip into the end zone that that came uh it, it came back for a touchdown but they have uh that piece there um i'm i haven't i i told chris this off air i haven't really slept much since since yesterday our new puppy kept me up most of the night i'm drawing a blank on who their other guys are so i'm just gonna look it up really quickly if you want to add something in there chris yeah no and and, and i mean like Marquis said, um, speed wise, like there's going to be, it's going to be an absolute track meet playing playing against the, the Dolphins right now. Like Tyreek Hill, Raheem Moster, like Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker. Like, who do you stop, and how do you stop yeah. them with all that with all that speed? Like, yeah, that that's the tough part, right? Is like the Bengals kind of showed people that with speed and weapons, you can get away with patchwork offensive line it came back to bite them but so I, I just looked it up so they have robert hunt at right guard they have austin jackson who they picked in the first round uh two years ago they have liam eichenberg who is i think he's a natural center sometimes or or sorry natural tackle uh probably gets pushed into guard potentially they picked him up last year um i don't think their offensive line is horrible I, I won't say it's it you know top to bottom with studs, but uh, you have two tackles. You kind of have bookend tackles, and you've got some good pieces on the interior. Uh, and who knows? They they might go and get something else in the draft this year to to supplement that since they are loaded everywhere else. Yeah, and, and I just want to say, um, Marquise, we appreciate you staying up late to uh, to, to join us. Uh, I know it's just past midnight uh down in uh, i think you're down in florida, florida so we we appreciate it buddy um the the other trade that will will we kind of have to talk about uh Devontae adams chose to go and play with his buddy from fresno state Derek carr over the two-time reigning uh greasy haired rogers POS Roger. <laughs> if if that doesn't tell you something that like Devontae Adams wanted out and he chose Derek Carr, that is uh that that's saying something, man. And the Raiders, like 
I just have to say, all of these moves I really hate because the AFC is freaking loaded right now. Like, all of the teams, we're going to get into, like, who you think won free agency so far. All the teams basically are AFC teams. The NFC is like, hey, we're on a rebuild kind of year or couple years over in this conference. So, um, yeah, I... I, I don't like this move, but if I'm a Raiders fan, I absolutely love this move. I love pairing um, uh, Devontae Adams with with Darren Waller. Um, I know Hunter Renfro's there. Hunter Renfro's going to, you know, blossom even more than he already did. Um, a good running game with Josh Jacobs. That team's going to be scary, 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 scary good with Devontae Adams. Holy. Um, I mean, is it... Is it that he chose the rate? Like, did he choose the Raiders or did he tell the Packers, like, hey, I'm not playing on the franchise tag? Like, figure it out. I I want 30 mil a year. Yeah. So pay me or trade me. I don't know. I mean, I I do like how all last year was like, Devontae's going to sign with the Raiders. He's going to sign with the Raiders. He wants to play with Derek Carr. And then he, you know, end of the day gets gets traded there a lot a lot of smoke screens from last year came to fruition this year hey russell wilson's gonna get traded no he's not where there's smoke there's fire chris says but not last year it's all for this year the broncos weren't even on the list man (laughs) it was all about the bears (laughs) (laughs) they weren't even one of the four teams i don't understand how did this even happen man dave's not here man yeah um (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I I I love it. I think Devonte is like, I mean, Derek Carr. This is a guy who's in the MVP picture three years ago. So, um, I, again, this is the Raiders turning to Derek Carr, like the Dolphins are with Tua and saying, "Hey, man, put up or shut up." Right? We're we're giving you the weapons. You've got Devonte. You've got Darren Waller. You've got Hunter Renfro. Uh, Josh Jacobs in the backfield. Like the Raiders adding Devonte is just helping that entire team like yeah. like everyone else is now going to be my wife just made popcorn i can smell it now <laughs> she said to me she's like are you gonna hate it if i make popcorn while you're downstairs podcasting and i was like no no it's fine but now that i can smell it yeah i hate her come on at least bring bit. some down right like I'm, I'm gonna text her I'm like what the hell where's mine leave it at the door for me yeah <laughs> just interrupt like the kids do it's, it's okay yeah but yeah i i think Devonte is gonna absolutely like, I mean, that AFC West, though, oh, my. It's going to be fun to watch, man. It's going to so be much fun, like, really fun to watch. Russell Wilson could end up being last in that division. Yeah. It, like, like, I want to go, I want those go teams. to Denver, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Denver, Denver's like, or the, the rest of the AFC West is like, okay, well, we're going to bring Khalil Mack and Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams and, <laughs> like, it. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And you can legitimately look at any of those teams and say that team's going to be first in the division. And you can look at any of those teams and say that team's going to be last in the division. And you can't call any of them crazy. You know, they're, they're not like any sort of like wild takes. Um, so let's, I, I don't know if it's too early, but let's say so far, what team do you think are the winners of free agency. We've talked about the Dolphins. We've talked about, you know, I can add some other ones in there. The Jags went on a big spending spree. 
Uh, the Bengals went and got some pieces. The Bills added a couple big names. The the Chargers added some big moves. Um, is, is there one team that you think kind of won free agency and why? Uh, not the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're they paid a that, lot of that, money to mediocre dudes. They're just that that typical like hey, we're a bad team with a lot of cap space, so let's give out really bad contracts to mediocre players. Yeah. Just continue being this really bad team. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. They, they, they didn't do anything to improve. Um, I'm going to say the Chargers oh, is, is is my guess. Um, first of all, I actually, this is our first time podcasting since I declared that the Chargers would sign JC Jackson. I was right did. about something. You did call that one. I did it. Um, they, they brought in JC Jackson. They traded for Khalil Mack. They signed Sebastian Joseph day. They signed Gerald Everett. They brought back one of their own and wide receiver, Mike Williams. Like they just, they did a lot of moves to help just fill a lot of holes, improve their roster. Like, could you, like going up against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, uh, all season. No, thank you. Trying to stop. Gerald Everett, uh, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, no thank you. J.C. Jackson, um, uh, uh, I can't think of the other DB. They just drafted them last year. Something, something junior. Asante Samuel Jr. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Asante Samuel Jr. and Derwin Dur- James. Like th- That defense is is ridiculous. Um, they're, 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 I mean, doing everything while their quarterback's still on his rookie contract, right? Like, they're being very, very smart with the money that they have to load up around this rookie quarterback their rookie contract quarterback that they still have um to to make a run at at, at this thing and i mean looking at at the rosters right now in the afc west i would say the Chargers is easily the most improved and they weren't far out of it last year yeah they were a dangerous team last year like the, absolutely the, i think that's what when I look at teams that make big moves in free agency, you know, there's every once in a while, you're going to get a new England Patriots where they spent a ton of money last year. And it, it actually turned their franchise around a little bit. Like they were competing for playoff spots when everybody kind of had them down and out. Um, so I was actually going to pick the chargers, but since I gave you first go, um, I'll, I'll shift gears and I'm actually going to give credit to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, yeah. if we're talking about a team that's right there, I mean, they're in the damn Super Bowl. They almost won the whole thing. Uh, big questions around their offensive line. They go out and they get Ted Karras, uh, Alex Kappa, probably not big names that people, you know, have heard a ton about. Um, they already had Jonah Williams and Jackson Carmen. Uh, and then they went and got Lael, Lael Collins. Can never say his name right. Um, and, and now it looks like they have like a solidified offensive line. Uh, they lost CJ Uzama, which I, you know, our, our buddy Liam was, you know, I talked with him kind of in the off season before this all happened saying like, I, I really think they should re-sign him, but they lose him. They go and sign a uh, former first round pick of the Baltimore Ravens, Hayden Hurst. So I mean, okay. I, I was going to ask if they brought in a, a tight end to yeah, replace so, Uzama. So. And when you look at these deals, like they brought in Lael Collins on a three year, $30 million deal. You're going to pay a tackle $10 million only. Um, 
I, I just think there was some good value in what they did. Um, obviously, they used the uh, franchise tag on uh, Jesse Bates, which was another big one. They couldn't afford to lose him because totally. uh, he, he was just so good in that back. And, um, and now it's kind of looking like they might have a complete team, which uh, doesn't look good for the Ravens. But sometimes you just have to give credit where credit is due. They assess their weaknesses. Uh, they still have a ton of those guys on their entry-level contracts. So what do they do? They go and spend it when they need to spend it for their competitive window. Like the Jaguars giving out all that money. I just don't understand it. Why in the hell are we giving out money when you aren't even close to uh, you know competing in there? And so Marquise just said, he picks Tampa as much as it pains me to say Tom Brady returning has a huge domino effect for signing three key players in Chris Godwin, Ryan Jensen and Carlton Davis. I also agree. He would have left to go to the Bengals or somewhere else. Um, anytime you get the greatest player, you know, re-signing with your team, that's gotta be a huge move. Um, I, I agree there. It can't be understated what uh, Tom coming back to that team does for them. And, and I, I, I think you brought up a, lo- a lot of good points as well, Steve. I, I think the Bengals um, did a great job in free agency, shoring up that, that offensive line. And, I mean, what cost them the Super Bowl? Not being able to protect Joe Burrow for that extra, like, I want to call it even, like, one second. Yeah. If they could have protected Joe Burrow for one extra second, he would have seen Jamar Chase wide open, right? Yeah, Yeah, it's... As much as I don't want to say that, as much as I want to say they're making stupid moves, like you address your weaknesses. Uh, I don't know if they necessarily, I can't remember what um, uh, the other two linemen signed for, but they have a ton of cap space. That's the time to overpay for guys to shore things up is when everyone else is on rookie deals. I'm sure they can either cut, replace them. Uh, They still have draft picks, so you could start drafting their replacements right now. Uh, and you kind of continue that cheap en- entry rookie level deal contracts when your other guys are making the big mega bucks instead of, oh, we have uh, a wide receiver that's never had a thousand yards, like you said, making close to $20 million. That just doesn't fly for competitive window. Yeah. So so really quick, just to, before we move on here to touch base on Marquise talking about uh, Tom Brady going back to Tampa. Any truth to the rumors that he goes to Miami? That Tom goes there? Yeah. I haven't even heard that rumor. There's there's Fun. trade trade Fun. rumors of uh of um touchdown Tom taking his talents to South Beach. Imagine that. Like do imagine. Like they if that happens, they have to be the instant Super Bowl favorites. Like my head will explode. And can yeah. can we just not have that happen? Like, didn't didn't the Dolphins already do enough? Team, team chaos, bring it on! <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all fun <laughs> and games until it all happens in your conference. I was gonna say I'm also I cheer for the NFC. So yeah, team chaos, bring it on! <laughs> yeah, as long as it's not screwing my team over, good for it. Um, well, because I mean th- that's who um, Stephen Ross wanted, right? right. Like, th- th- this whole. Um, I mean, he, he carved them up for how many decades? Like he, you got to know him pretty well by now. Yeah. This whole thing in, in Miami with, 
you know, Flores and Steven Ross and paying for losses and trying to woo, um, you know, quarterbacks by bringing them on the yacht and yada, yada, yada. That quarterback was, you know, from everything that I've read and seen is Tom Brady. That's so um, funny. I mean, Tampa was ready to move on. Uh, I mean, I know Arians has said we're not going to trade him because that's bad business. But I don't know, like, I mean, if you, you almost get have a to chance, go with, yeah. Like, if you have the chance to, to move on and, and get a haul of picks for him and, and roll with, you know, Kyle Trask, or, or maybe you get Tua in that in that deal, which I imagine you probably would get Tua in that transaction. Um, I almost say roll the dice and go for it, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, I think it might even be, well, you know what? Tampa's in their competitive window right now. Um, you, you gotta try if Tom's coming back for that, you gotta try and win, um, with him there. Cause you're not going to get a better, a better deal than getting Tom Brady to win you a championship on a, on a team that has proven, uh, that they can win, uh, a championship. So yeah. let's, uh, let's jump to the Seahawks right now for a little bit of, free agency news or just news around the team. Uh, maybe you can, instead of doing like a huge mailbag at the end, maybe you can uh, answer Nate's question in there too. Yeah. I mean, um, <clears throat> as far as free agency news, um, nothing too, too crazy. I mean, uh, Seattle brought Rashad Penny back on, on a one year deal and to answer uh, Nate's question, which um, sorry, uh, Steve makes something up as I pull up Nate's. <laughs> Uh, here. Sorry, it's uh, Nate in the at Nate in the air at Nate underscore in the yeah. air. Yeah. So um, to answer Nate's question, yes, I do think Seattle um, moves on from Chris Carson. Yeah. I don't even know if Chris Carson is going to be able to come back. Right. Like because of this he's is too a, injured. Yeah. Well, this is a, a it's a neck injury. We, yeah. we saw a neck injury. Take Cam Chancellor out. We saw. Uh, you know, I think it was a head neck injury that took uh, Cliff Averill out. Um, so do we even know if Chris Carson's going to come back from this injury? I think that's a big question, but I do think Seattle moves on from him. Um, he's going to be probably, uh, if they were to cut him today, it's like a $3 million savings. But if they were <laughs> to wait till post June 1, it's like it saves them an extra 1.6 million, I think. And, I, so they'll, and they'll, with the, uh, sorry to cut you off there with, um, okay. I believe there's something in the CBA that says a team can release a guy right now with a post June 1st yes. designation, which yeah. gives the player, like it gives the club the option to save that extra money. And it gives the player of a, a better fighting chance of landing with a team earlier on in the process. So I, I do like that part of it. Yeah. So Seattle's already done that with um, Carlos Dunlap. So yep. Carlos Dunlap has been released, but it's a, a post June one. Um, I always appreciate that when teams do that, date. even even if it's to save themselves money. I just like how that's in part of the CBA because, you know, these are guys too that need they need a job next year. Like they, they yep. need to land with a team and it gives them the best possible chance. Yeah. Um, I mean, a couple other guys staying, uh, Sidney Jones. I, 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 I like that re-signing again. It, it was a yeah. one year, uh, kind of prove it deal. Rashad Penny got a one year prove it deal. Uh, Will Disley got brought back on. A lot of people are pissed off about this contract. He got like a, 
I remember it was a three-year deal, and I want to say like eight million per year. Uh, but really, yes. it's a two. Yeah, it's really it's like a a two-year deal, and it's like six million per year. Like there, okay. there's the, the out is after after two years, sort of thing. Yeah, because um, I was one of those people. I was like, what are they doing paying Will Disley eight million dollars a year? Like, give me a break. Because he's Will, Will freaking Disley. Yeah, because he he looks like you. That's the only reason you're <laughs> defending this crap. Um. The biggest guy they brought back, of course, was Quandre Diggs. Um, yeah. Quandre got paid, thank God. Um, th- th- that's a guy that they need needed to bring back. So I'm, I'm happy about that. They lost a couple guys. They lost DJ Reed. Um, I, I'm a little you indifferent. Liked you liked him. I, I, I did. Yes. No. I, I, I'm not saying I didn't like him. I'm just, I, I don't know. Maybe as I get older and wiser, like I just like. I'm like, yeah, it, it, it's a business. Like, you can't bring everybody back. And I, I'd rather see them, I guess, bring back. I really like Sidney Jones. Um, yeah. DJ Reed is a little bit smaller. I think he's like 5'10. So I, I, after seeing the, 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 the Pete way of having these taller, longer, lankier uh, DBs, that's just kind of what I'm used to and what I prefer. Um, so seeing them bring back Sidney Jones over over G, DJ Reed, I'm okay with that, especially you know dollar wise, it 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 made sense. And don't um, I mean they already have a smaller corner in uh, what's Trey the, Brown? Trey Brown. I was trying to remember yeah. what out of Cal. Um, so yeah, I mean it, it's okay to Oklahoma. have a, Is he an Oklahoma guy? Trey Brown. I thought he was Oklahoma. a Cal guy. Yeah. Um. And anyways, like it, it's okay to have a small corner, but you can't have a whole team of small corners, right? Like you you need exactly. some bigger guys. And I know you're pretty um, high on him. But that that's enough on free agency. I'm done talking about free agency. <laughs> um, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. The thing I really want to talk about with my Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson got traded. You know what? It is what it is. Bring on the chaos. It, it, it's business. <laughs> it's business. There, there's been a, a lot of division and in-house fighting on Seahawks Twitter over the whole Russell Wilson thing. Um, I've been doing my best to not take part of it. But then Russ tweets the other day of like, you you oh, yeah. all doubted you all <laughs> doubted me and now I'm back or whatever. Like I saw that. Uh, whatever, Russ. I was nobody said nobody said that. I was like, where? Please, Russ. Yeah. Who? Who the has only, been saying the like the only that thing that maybe like could come up from that is like we were all like, yeah, you came back too early from your finger injury, which like you probably I did. I, I, I think it's probably factual, um, yeah. but anyways, so there's now rumors and actually, Steve, I have sources. I have okay. sources now. Can you believe it? Sure. My sources are telling me that apparently um, DK Metcalf could be available, is available. Um, supposedly the Seahawks were actually calling teams. Oh, they were shopping them. They were shopping DK Metcalf. Wow. They weren't just like taking calls on DK Metcalf. They were they were the ones reaching out to other teams. Wow. Um, about DK Metcalf. Um, fr- from what my sources tell me, anyways. Now, okay, for me that's like a wow move because one, if you get rid of Russ and you get rid of DK, just strip the whole damn team down. Like, get rid of Pete Carroll. You've got to rebuild this thing. 70-year-old Pete Carroll ain't staying around for a rebuild uh, with with those guys around. This actually, 
after I said, wow, I was like, hold on a second. This kind of makes sense. When you see what the Packers got for Devontae Adams and you see what uh, the Chiefs got for Tyreek Hill, I, I don't know if there's any player on my team that is untouchable with that many picks, that many picks to replace one guy when you are in a rebuild anyways. I, I wouldn't trade him unless the offer is there. I can see why once maybe they saw uh, what other teams were getting for star wideouts and they're like, hey, our guy's on an entry level contract and he's way younger. What's he worth to you guys? I could see them, you know, at least dipping their toes in the waters to say like, what, what would you give us for him? Like, we don't want to trade him, but like we will shop him for the right price. All right. So, so. Thank you. That's what I'm going to say. You don't shop. You don't trade your 24-year-old freak athlete sure. wide receiver. There's lots you of freak athletes. You don't do it. You build a... No. Okay. So you, you you trade a guy like DK Metcalf that you were... Like, you were lucky to land that lottery pick. That lottery ticket with the what was it last pick or second of last second pick round. that you traded up to get him in the, in the end of the second round, you're not going to find a DK Metcalf this year. You're not going to find a DK you know? Metcalf next year. How you're not going to do it. How do you, you know? Don't trade a 24 year old blue chip prospect like that. You don't trade your blue chip guys. You don't do it. Well, then why do you trade Russell Wilson? He's a blue chip guy. Because he's why do you trade Devontae Adams? three years old. Devontae Adams isn't because even 30 he's 29 yet. 29 years old. You don't trade a 24 year old freak athlete wide receiver. You don't. Do so that. then you're you you're a, totally you fine with Jamal Adams. Then there's trade trade Tyler Lockett. I'm okay with that. I mean if the ret- shop, the return's not going to be there, receiver, right? Trade Tyler Lockett. Trade the the 30 year old wide receiver. Don't trade the 24 year old. Build around that guy. Bingo. So Marquise just chimed in. Potential for him is insane. And I'm not questioning that. DK is a freak athlete. He is a blue chip wide receiver. Uh, but draft the draft is producing wide oats like crazy is his comment. And that's where I have to start thinking about if I do move on from him, then what's the return for a 24-year-old blue chip player who is a top five top eight wide receiver in the nfl every single year we are seeing wide receivers come into the nfl nfl ready and you can have them for one pick they're not they might not be dk metcalf but they might be like how how did people pass up on justin jefferson when he was coming out like when you say like you're you're never gonna get this guy yeah you do it happens all the time. AJ Brown in that same draft class fell to the second round as well. DK Metcalf falls to the second round. Like it's happening more often where wideouts especially is what I'm noticing. You can find them in value positions in the draft. No, you're not getting a DK Metcalf. I, I totally understand that. I totally understand holding on to blue chip players. I don't I would never build a team around a wide receiver. I would never build a team around a wide receiver. So that's why I could see myself trading DK Metcalf. This is a good debate. I love this talk. The, the other thing with, with like, everyone's like, well, the CS don't want to pay him 30 mil a year. 
it's his second contract. He's not getting 30 million a year. Give him a three year deal, 24, 25 million a year. Oh, that's, I, I don't know, man. Like when, I, when I'm thinking about rebuilding like, my team, there's not a single wide out in the NFL uh, that I really want to build my team around because when the Seahawks get their competitive window again, uh, maybe that's two years, maybe it's three, maybe it's four. But he's he's okay. But then he's still in his in the prime of his career. But that's I don't want to build around that. I I want I want the twenty four year old wideout to be on his rookie contract, a la Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. When I'm going to make that big deal, Cooper Cup is making you know next to nothing right now. Um, I I don't know. Um, I th- he says, I think Seattle has lost a lot over the years with talent due to contracts and Pete emphasis on Pete. That's, that's another really interesting part. Yep. And, and Pete has, Pete still has his USC mentality of like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he brought it up in the press conference after the Russell Wilson trade was official of like, you know, back in college, it was like, we were rotating guys in all the time. Like that's how we got a, you know, a Mark Sanchez, a Carson Palmer, a, uh, was it Bo Levi Mitchell or, or, or whatever, it, you know, like he was always having new guys and always having new guys and new guys. And like, do, does Pete and the Seahawks expect this to happen every, every four years of like, we're not, we're not going to pay guys. We're just going to trade guys and, and get draft capital for them and just keep bringing guys in on, on rookie contracts. Like it just, the NFL doesn't work that way. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand that part of it too. Um, sooner or later, you actually have to keep people. But I, I think you keep the people once you're that close or you trade for them once you're that close. I don't see the Seahawks as being that close at all, maybe. that I, I guess that's maybe the big difference between that. Um, but, th- but then that, like, that's not... Th- that's not Pete's issue then. Pete's not going to be there. You know what I mean? Like, why right. are you, like, why are you trying to trade or potentially going to, going to trade a 24 year old wide receiver when you're not going to be here in two to three years if the team's not good enough? Right. That's why I'm confused by the whole thing. I mean, if, if it's Pete's move, but Pete's not going to be there, unless Pete's like, I'm, I'm coaching till 80. Like, <laughs> But it's on his choice if Jody right. Allen decides to fire him, right. right? Like, like so that that's the thing is like this trade that the Seahawks made by trading Russell Wilson. This has put a window on Pete Carroll and John Schneider's tenure with the Seahawks. If in a year from now, or even potentially two years from now, the Seahawks are not competitive and they're not good enough these guys are going to lose their job because of that Russell Wilson trade. And I just think they're compounding the issue by trading the guy like DK Metcalf. Yeah. I mean, to play devil's advocate there, what if they're actually buying themselves more time by saying, Hey, look, we traded our pro bowl, all pro quarterback to start this rebuild. You need to give us three, four years to show you what we can do with this rebuild. I, I don't know but, if that's how it's going to work. I, I don't know if that's how it's going to work. I'm just saying, could that be right. the 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 angle they went on? Because you bring up a really good point I, here, Chris. When people's it, jobs it are on be. the line, 
everything goes out the window. We, I've talked so much trade team building with people and the moves that you think make logical sense or could make sense for your, your team development sometimes don't happen because some coach, some GM is looking at that saying, hell no. Like I am not trading Russell Wilson because if I trade Russell Wilson, I'm going to lose football games and I'm going to lose my job. So I don't want to trade Russell Wilson. It's the human element. It's such an interesting part of team building. And when you talk about like, what would you do? Well, if you were the GM, you probably wouldn't. I know for uh, for a fact, it's very easy for me as an armchair GM right here to say, oh, look at the return you get on DK Metcalf. And then I'm a GM in the NFL and I'm like, oh, damn, if I trade him and Russell Wilson, like I'm probably going to lose my job. Even yeah. if I think so, that's like what would help the spark the rebuild. So two things on my, my kind of last two points on that. Um Sure, Pete and John could have gone to Jody Allen and said, hey, look, we're going to trade Russell Wilson. You need to give us time to see this vision out. And here's our plan. Here's what we're going to do. But money talks. Yeah. And if all of a sudden ticket sales are down, jersey sales are down, um, you know, the, the Seahawks are not bringing in as much money and as, as not, and they're not bringing in, uh, you know, not having as, as many wins per season. Um, well, that that's going to be caused for guys to lose their jobs. Yeah. My other point is if you're going to going to bring in a quarterback like drew lock or Baker Mayfield, or even draft one of these rookie quarterbacks either this year or next year, would you not want to have a stud number one wide receiver that you can let's throw it back to Matt Stafford and and Calvin Johnson. Would you not want to have a guy that your quarterback can throw the ball up to, and he's going to go get that ball, right? That that's my biggest point as to why you don't trade DK Metcalf, because if you're truly in a rebuild, you're going to want a wide receiver like DK Metcalf. And the cap is going up huge next year because of this new uh, TV contract and the you know the gambling contracts and 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 this and that, and it just sure it might hurt for this year, but it's just this year. Next year, when the cap jumps exponentially, it, it, you're not going to feel that wide receiver contract that you just gave to DK Metcalf, and it, it's it's going to pay off, in, in my opinion, tenfold. Uh, to, to keep a guy like that in house, um, like like I said, that, that, that's kind of my my last kind of two pieces on it. Um, I, I think when you have a, a, a young quarterback, you want a wide receiver like DK Metcalf in house that can gr- they they can grow together. Yeah, that that's a fair point. Um, I'm, I'm just going to highlight Marquise's last comment here. Cause this is a really interesting one. Cause we did see this in new England it said much like bill and Robert Kraft. Imagine Russ goes obviously to, to Denver and wins uh, a super bowl this year. Kraft put pressure on bill last year to make moves in free agency because they let the guy go and the guy went and won a, a, a championship. Yep. So I, I could see the exact same thing, uh, happening there. Um, my team, I don't really have to talk about guys getting traded that much. I don't think anyways, um, not, not that I know about, um, Ravens made some, some moves, some headway. 
so this is my second year on uh, Twitter or second free agency through Twitter. And just like last year, it is so funny to watch the Ravens fans. Every damn free agent, big name that comes up, it's like, oh, he's coming to Baltimore. And then when he doesn't, it's like, Eric DaCosta, what are you doing? Are you out of your mind? Like, it's we're like 16 hours into free agency and we haven't made a move. Like, are you even working? Are you on holiday? Like, they're just losing their damn minds. And I'm like, okay, guys, first of all, we know this is how he works. You pay in the first day, you overpay. Um, usually those contracts don't look that nice. So, uh, you know, I'm sitting back chilling. I'm like, first day, whatever. I just want to see the chaos along with everybody else. Um, but every year he's done something where he brings in a high profile guy or like good value moves. Uh, and the big one that kickstarted the whole thing was uh, they signed former New Orleans Saints uh, free safety Marcus Williams to a five-year, $70 million contract. Um, I absolutely love this move. Um, I absolutely love that the Ravens, they put such a premium on uh, the safety position. And I know there's a lot of teams in the NFL that don't put a premium on that safety position. Uh, but the Ravens are one of those teams that definitely do put a premium on the safety position. Um, they've they've shown it in the past too. This is not the first time uh, the Ravens have made a splash kind of bring in the big free agent uh, safety. Uh, they did it back with Eric Weddle. They brought him in. Uh, they took a stab at Earl Thomas. That ended up not working out in their favor, but... Bringing in Marcus Williams, I think, is a, a, a great pick. I, I think it's a great value even. Uh, like you had just mentioned, Chris, um, the, the cap is going up. So five years, $70 million, you're, you're paying your free safety a lot of money. But that's the big thing. If your franchise values a position, like we know the Ravens do, they've had Ed Reed, the other guys that I just mentioned, Eric Weddle, um, bringing in Earl Thomas, they clearly put a premium on the free safety position and they're willing to pay it. And that's okay. I love it. I love the fact that we're getting another ball hawking safety uh, in the back end that we haven't had in a little while. Uh, Marquise just said here, they went younger for once. <laughs> it's a good point. Weddle and Earl Thomas are great. They just were kind of on the back nine of their career. Uh, the Ravens were trying to do the Raven thing where, they bring in a Steve Smith senior and they try to uh, get those last few years out of them like they did with Anquan Bolden. Uh, they do that at the safety position as well. But this time they're going out and getting a young guy that, you know, that really solidifies that whole um, secondary really well. You have uh, Marlon Humphrey coming back from injury. You have Marcus Peters coming back from injury. Uh, Chuck Clark is as, uh, as solid and re reliable as they come at strong safety. So uh, they've got their four back there, which is super, super exciting for me. Um, I was absolutely thrilled with this, uh, with this pick. I forgot to bring it up, but there was a quote in his press conference with the Ravens. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase this one because I know I'm going to get it wrong, but um, they kind of asked him about what his style is and, and what he thinks when he's on the back end of a defense. And his thing was, when you throw the ball up, 
I think that's my ball every single time. And I absolutely love that mentality where uh, if you have a safety, especially a free safety, a ball hawking free safety, you need that guy to be the one that always thinks I am going to get that ball. Uh, The Ravens also struggled with you know, forcing turnovers last season. So you've got a guy who has the mentality that like, I think he even said like, sometimes it comes at the expense of running into my own teammates. But when that ball's in the air, it's mine. I I think, and I know that that ball is mine. I just love that attitude. I love that attitude on the back end. You pair that with a Marcus Peters, uh, you pair that with a Marlon Humphrey. And I think you're going to see this defense take a huge turn in causing turnovers. Um, where they haven't been uh, more recently. So that was obviously the big splash move. Um, Just as important, they went out and got uh, Morgan Moses, right tackle. Um, I think there's a crazy stat, like Morgan Moses has played every game for the last eight years or something like that, Um, which on a team that got hampered by injuries, that is music to my damn ears that you have a guy who does not get injured much. Sorry, where did they bring him in from? Uh, I think he was playing with the Jets. Okay. Um, I don't quote me on. Yeah, he was playing with the oh, Jets. Sorry. Also, I like how you kept mentioning that Marcus Williams is a ball hawk. Um, I think we should probably try to get him on the show. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we we are the Ball Hawks <laughs> podcast. It it would be smart of him sense. to do that, right? It would be smart, you know, for. For branding, it just makes sense. It does. Well, maybe we'll even get some like t-shirts and we can offer him like a free t-shirt or something to come on. Yeah, like yeah. the ball hawk or something. Yeah, like that. the ball hawk. I mean, I'd have yeah. to give that one to Ed Reed first, but he can yeah. get like ball but, hawk junior or something. I don't know. Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, we just lost Marcus Williams coming <laughs> yeah. on the show because of that comment. <laughs> I mean, to be the man, you got to beat the man. So, so you can put up interceptions um, like Ed Reed. I, I do want to add one of the the kind of funnier things of of um, after he got signed by by the Ravens, of course, was everyone sharing the picture of him getting burned by Stephon Diggs. Oh, of in course, the, in, in the Minneapolis uh, miracle, um, which I, I I know I saw your response where it's like this is literally yeah. one play in this guy's entire career, uh, but that. That's the thing with, with when guys get posterized, right? It, it, it's Oh, yeah. It makes them immortal, right? And and the thing that I love about that, too, is in the press conference he did, his introductory press conference, conference with the Ravens, he was actually asked about that. And he's like, I think it shows a bit about my character that I was put on national TV of giving up the play, you know, for the Minneapolis Miracle. And I still think that every time that ball is in the air, that it's mine, that like it does not waver my confidence whatsoever. And like, you just, you gotta love players who, all right, I'm going to get beat sometimes. You don't want it to be the one that, you know, like you said, gets posterized and is famous for it. Um, But it just, it does go to show who he is as a player to be able to shrug that off and have a short memory with it. Yeah, Marquise is saying he was a rookie when that happened. The moment was just too big for him. Uh, and, and we're also forgetting that Stefan Diggs made a ridiculous play that he should not have made either. So uh, good for Marcus Williams for doing that. Um, and you and Marquise with the, uh, you know, 
Homer Award of of the year. Just, just gonna stick up for my guy. Hey, stick- hey, <laughs> no, let, like Will Smith did with Jada tonight. Just gotta stick up for your guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to go as far as to like find someone and, uh, on Twitter and like bitch slap them, but <laughs> and, uh, I will stand up for my guy. Marquis just said, confidence is key. You live and die with it. Marcus Peters the same way. And that that's absolutely yep. 100% correct. In order to pay, play defensive back in the NFL, <laughs> whether you're cornerback, safety, whatever, you have to be confident to play that position yep. because you are getting burned every single play yeah you are giving up a catch every other play you guys are going to score touchdowns on you like these things happen but confidence is key to being a contributor and to being good at that at that position you have to be confident in what you can do um you know the next play not what happened last play totally um, yeah, so back to Morgan Moses. Um, the thing I love about this is he slots in right away as their starting right tackle. Um, and I was just saying with uh, the Bengals picking up Collins for 10 million a year as one of their you know bookend tackles is a value. Well, they got Morgan Moses for three years, uh, 15 million dollars. His cap hit for this year is only 2.58 million. Um, so you know, and AAV of five mil a year is as cheap as you are possibly going to find a a tackle, a veteran tackle that can come in and play that right tackle position. Um, I won't get into the Zedarius Smith thing. He chose the Ravens. It was reported. He didn't like the contract because, you know, uh, who was it? Um, Von Miller, you know, signed just after that. And he's like, "Eh, you know what? I definitely don't want that bargain of a contract. So they reworked something. He still didn't like it. They tried to rework it again. And the Ravens were like, yeah, no, sorry. Like we agreed on that. Sorry. Can't do that. Um, And then the other one that they did, they brought back a guy that they had let go homegrown talent. um, Michael Pierce. They brought him in on a three year, 16 and a half million dollar deal. Again, Fills another need, and I I love when the Ravens do this because when you can fill your needs in free agency and not kind of bankrupt yourself, then you can go into the draft with best player available mentality so you are not passing up on, you know, a blue chip player to go, you know, search for your next tackle if the first four or five tackles go off the board by the time you pick. Um, I think it's important just if there's a guy there who's the best player there by far, you just pick him. Uh, the Ravens did that uh, when they picked J.K. Dobbins in the second round. Um, he was sitting there for him. They didn't really need him. They had other guys there. They had Mark Ingram coming off a Pro Bowl year. They had Gus Edwards. And they were like, well, we don't have other needs that we feel are super glaring. So we're picking J.K. Dobbins. It's going to be their starting running back next year. Um And then finally, to answer one of Ryan's questions, uh, I guess we're not even going to have a mailbag. We're kind of running out of time. He said, where is Bobby Wagner signing? So the big one is he's been rumored to the Ravens. He went on a Ravens visit uh, in typical Baltimore fashion. Jimmy's Famous Seafood tweets out at um, Bobby Wagner. 
and has a picture of him when he went there last saying, we are going to unretire the free crab cakes for life if Bobby Wagner signs with us. So now everybody uh, in Raven's Twitter is tweeting at Bobby daily saying like, hey, when are you heading to Baltimore? Hashtag come to Baltimore. They've got Lamar recruiting him. They've got Marlon Humphrey recruiting him. Tony Jefferson is recruiting him. (laughs) They're trying to get him. And normally when it's like, oh, like I said at the start of it, oh, this we need this guy and that guy and this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. This one I actually want. And you know that <laughs> you're very well aware of Bobby Wagner. Um, he, he's pretty good at football. We've had some conversations about Bobby Wagner. He is ridiculously good. I think he is getting up there in age, but I think he still has two, three more productive years. I was just where, say two to three more years. What else do you need? That's the Ravens Super Bowl window right now is to win in the next two to three years. Bring that man in to pair with Patrick Queen. Um, the thing the defense was missing probably the most last year was being able to finish tackles, being able to wrap guys up. There is nobody better in the NFL at wrapping up tackles than Bobby Wagner. It just, it makes too yeah. much sense. Um, I saw something on Twitter saying like, hey, Ray Lewis, can you call Bobby Wagner up and just tell him what it means to play middle linebacker for the Ravens kind of thing? You don't need to do that, man. Um, Marquise is, he's saying where I was going to go next. The The other rumors are that the Rams, Raiders, Broncos, West Co- West Coast guys would be where he's also rumored to go because he's been on the West Coast forever. Maybe he doesn't want to come to the East Coast. Um, yeah, it. Le- he said it lets Queen run wild like Devin White. It would be so fun to watch Bobby Wagner, uh, you know, in the middle of that defense and just letting Patrick Queen do what he would do in LSU, sideline to sideline, causing havoc, using his speed, making plays, um, I'm all on the hashtag bring Bobby to Baltimore bandwagon. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> who knows? I personally, uh, you still think he's going to the Rams, don't you? I think he's going to the Rams personally. I, hometown. Um, like Marquise just said, he's a West coast guy. Uh, so I, I think he's going to the Rams. Um, but his biggest thing was, I want to go to a team that's going to win and it's going to win right now. So I mean, winning is very important to him, right? And I mean, sure, just the Rams that. just the Rams just won the Super Bowl, sure. Um, but do they have, you know, the required pieces to repeat? Um, oh my gosh! If it, Aaron Donald was backed up by Bobby Wagner, Jesus! Right? Like, oh my god! Or like, does it? Or does it make sense for him to go to a team like the Ravens, who has a quarterback still on his rookie deal? I don't. I I don't know. Yeah. Um. I th- I think hey. both both teams are are in a win now. Uh, yeah. Broncos would be a, a great fit. Raiders, same thing. Like all of those teams are trying to win right now by their actions and, and what they have done in the past. So I, I could see anywhere happening just selfishly, man. I, I love him as a middle linebacker. Like there's a reason why he's going to the hall of fame. Oh, he's first ballot without question. Yeah. Um, Hey, who knows? Maybe he'll end up back in Seattle. Yeah. 
maybe. <laughs> um, okay. dare, to, dare to dream, Stephen. Yeah. Dare to dream. We're almost at an hour and a half here, so we're we're gonna we were gonna do a mailbag, but we've answered uh, Nate's question. We answered one of Ryan's question. Uh, Ryan has two more pieces to his question, and then we'll uh, sign off here. His first one: Did Russ uh, start the fire in Denver? <laughs> were they letting uh, Russ cook? Yeah, Russ Russ was cooking, and um, <laughs> it, it got out of hand. Russ, you can't use the air fryers anymore. Like it just, you, you no, no, no. Sorry, Russ. Who starts a fire with an air fryer? Russ is a cooker. Don't, don't let Russ cook. Don't let, don't let Russ. That that should be our like <laughs> new hashtag this year. Don't let Russ cook. Yeah. Bad news for the AFC. Um, and then I'm going to give you his final question because I don't follow this show. I don't know if you do. What's your favorite Entourage character? I haven't watched enough Entourage um, to give an answer to that question. Oh, so, interesting. Sorry, Ryan. Well, if Marquise um, is still on, maybe Marquise has an answer to this because yeah. I, I think I watched two, two or three episodes of Entourage. Maybe like, I don't even know if this is factually correct. Maybe ten years ago, um, and I thought it sucked, and I didn't watch any more. And I know that's I, like a ton of people's favorite show, and people go crazy for it. It. I don't know. There's just some shows, you know, everybody goes bananas over and you're like, I don't understand the hype. Uh, he also doesn't know the show. So, Ryan, you suck. Um, I, I actually own a couple seasons of Entourage no, on you DVD, don't. apparently. No, you don't. Um, I, I know for sure. like Because Nadine and I tried to watch it. And same thing. I was, like, I was just, It was like The Sopranos, where it's just like, I didn't quite get into it but the sopranos we got far enough into it that i was like okay let's finish it entourage we we didn't do that so Interesting. um let's go with uh jeremy piven's uh character ari gold uh only because that's the only character name that i know <laughs> well that was a uh very bad way to end the show uh we're here for all of that stuff hey ryan ask better questions yeah. I mean, I like the other two questions. Yeah. Great questions. You just, no one here, no one, even the audience members don't, uh, like entourage. So, um, appreciate you guys coming out. Marquise, huge shout out to you. I know it's getting close to 1 AM in the morning. Hopefully you don't have school tomorrow because you've been killing it at school. I, I've been following your progress. You're killing it, dude. Um, hopefully this isn't making you, late or uh tired for your school tomorrow oh he's got one question good we don't have to end uh on a, on a bad question where does honey badger go chris where does tyron uh, matthew go give me the cowboys oh really yeah really after they just paid trayvon Diggs. yep give me the cowboys you have both of them yeah do they even have to you know, i mean the cap is a myth right so we don't have to go over cap that it's a myth interesting okay um I, i'm gonna leave it at cowboys that's a better answer than i would have given so good for you <laughs> i i have no nothing to like back that up i'm just saying cowboys you're just cowboys yeah. okay okay um Jerry, you know what I'm, I'm gonna say the rams there you go i'll say the rams Ugh. i know uh, eric weddle probably isn't coming back for another season he got a super bowl ring um he does it he does have school um two o'clock tomorrow afternoon get get that okay. sleep in uh you marquise you earned it 
Thanks, buddy. He'll follow Gilly. Interesting. <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah, so Marquise, we appreciate you jumping on the lives there, uh, following along in the chat. Uh, we are going to be in contact with you because we got to get you on the show. Uh, we've Absolutely. been saying it probably for like a year now. I, I don't know why we just haven't done it. We'll find a time that works for you because you're down in Florida. Um, Christopher, as always, dude, you uh, you get the last words, my dude. Yeah, guys. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to another, another episode of the Ballhawks podcast. Can't say it enough. Big shout out to Marquise uh, for staying up late uh, with us on the East coast out there to, to tune into us live. Really appreciate all the support Marquise. I mean, you've been supporting us basically since day one. Um, and we just couldn't thank you enough for that support. Um, everyone else. We love all of your support as well. Give us a follow on Twitter at ballhawks underscore pod. Uh, follow me at Phillips, Chris 12, Steve at SS Fisher eight, seven. We love talking football with all of you guys. So please, like, honestly, like, reach out to us, tweet at us. Uh, if you want to come on the show, like, come on the show. Like, we, we love talking football. Um, we are a proud part of the Dean Blundell Network, uh, home of many great podcasts, uh, you know, hockey, football, lifestyle, whatever you're looking for. The Dean Blundell Network has it. And as always, guys, go Hawks. Peace. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.